Hey Annabelle, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you, Rich. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for joining us. That's all right. Nice afternoon for it down in London. Well, yeah, up here, it's, uh, do you know what? It's not raining, which I think I'm going to take as a blessing up in Manchester. It is overcast, though. (laughs) Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the 10th episode of The Six Sessions and the 1st of February. Not quite sure how we got to 10 already because it's just started out as a bit of a pet project, but it's, it's been fun so far. Um, Each week, I've been lucky enough to chat with someone in the growth space across marketing, sales, and CX. Today's guest is hands down amazing. She recently joined us on the Humans Come First Summit, talking about her work with Hiscox, the insurer, where they broke the mold of insurance marketing and put the customer at the center of their campaign as the hero. So my goal of hanging out with smarter, more interesting people and making them look like I'm smarter in the process is going to be a massive tick box today. So... These chats are designed to be short and sweet, but hopefully full of insight. And it's definitely unfiltered, which is what makes it fun. Annabelle is an award-winning global marketer, uh, marketing leader with experience across both B2B and B2C from Blue Chip and FTSE 250 companies to financial services, healthcare and e-commerce. She's notched up work with brands you may have heard of like Coca-Cola. She's one of those rare breed of marketers, nailing both the consumer and commercial sides. And with over 25 years of experience, she's repeatedly uh, delivered on the kind of business growth we're all aiming for with a mix of brand building and effective marketing. She's been part of the C-suite and board level across businesses in UK, Europe, US, Asia, and more recently, she's taken on the roles of consulting and non-exec. You've you've done too much, Annabelle. And not to mention, with the aim of giving back, she's now working with uh, charities and mentoring. Um, So I think we'll all agree uh, she's been nailing the career path and we're excited to talk growth with her. Annabelle, welcome. Thank you. It's it's, it's quite the career path. And I'm like, it's one of those where I'm like, I really hope I get to like 10% of that. (laughs) (laughs) I think think all the way through, I've, I've been lucky with the opportunities that have knocked on my door. Um, and as I was talking to my kids the other day, I think you have to grasp them when when they appear and not not be held back by anything. So um, about six years ago, I was given the opportunity to go and work in Asia for three months. And after a quick, quick chat with the family, um, I packed my bags and went off for three months. Um, and it was just one of those opportunities that was too good to turn down. Was that was the uh, the quick chat from the taxi on the way to the airport? <laughs> by the way, mum is not coming home tonight. No, not quite, not quite, but um, it was very good because my kids would have been quite young at the time, so they probably been sort of seven or eight or something. So it was just a check, quick check-in to sort of check that my husband was going to be all right to look after him for three months, and he did an amazing job. So the headmaster actually said to me that there wasn't a day where the kids turned up in the wrong the wrong uniform or the wrong sports kit. So that was <laughs> um, so so first up, we're two months into the new year. Um, you've moved into what you last time when we spoke, you were talking about this portfolio career. Yeah. So like, how, how's it going? So my aim after leaving Hiscox, ultimately, I'm trying to spend split my time into thirds. So a third, I want to do uh, sort of paid marketing, some paid marketing consultancy. Um, ideally, a third, I want to have some non-exec director roles so I can still input into sort of company strategy. Um, and then the third is what I've called giving back. So giving back either through mentoring or working with charities. Um, the first and the third are going well. Um, so I've, I've got three clients currently, all from doing very different things with them from different parts of business. Um, I'm also doing marketing, sorry, some mentoring with the Marketing Academy, which is an amazing organization. And I've been doing supporting them for the last three or four years. 
Um, and then I'm starting to get involved with um, some charities, just really thinking about what I do through, there's an, another amazing um, organization called Marketing Kind, um, and I recently became a member of them. So I just need to, to get my first non-exec director job, and then I'll, then I'll be, hopefully have that balance right. What kind of what kind of businesses are you aiming to kind of uh, start netting for? Um, it's it's it, ideally so. If you fast forward three or four years, I'd like to have sort of a real mix. I'd love to have one that's a startup, so in those very very uh, sort of early years, one that's probably a little bit more established and one that's in between. Um, at the moment, I'm it, it's it's quite a long process and long journey to secure your first NED role. So I'm just. What I'm really focused on at the moment in, is ones that do have a sort of ambition that they want to go after um, and one that have sort of that strong values base um, that really resonates with me. So I've got applications in for a couple at the moment and hopefully they'll proceed to sort of interview and, and securing my first role at some stage. So how was how was 2020 for you? So you've you've started moving into the coaching and mentoring piece. How are you how are you kind of how are you finding those mentors? And like, how did you like start those relationships with mentors? And like, what is that kind of like process? How are you working with them? Yeah. So I did um, a lot of mentoring when I was at Hiscox. So we had a women at Hiscox program. Um, and often I was asked to mentor women, um, either through them approaching me directly or through their line managers contacting me. Um, and then I got, when I got involved with the marketing academy, um, what they do is I, I think it's, I get four um, people, mentors um, in a year. Um, so I spoke to two of them back in, I think it was sort of October, November time. And literally this week, I've been sent through my next two. And they're from a, a full, full range of backgrounds. And as I said, it, it, people should check it out because it is an amazing program. Um, and then other, I'm, I'm always open to um, help people and to mentor people. Um, when I did the Humans First con uh, Summit with you guys, I sort of said, if anybody wanted to contact me, they're very welcome to. And I think I got about half a dozen people contact me. Um, and then I spoke to three. Um, but what people need to realize is that they need to drive it. Um, yeah. So I've left it. I had three conversations and I've left it with those guys to say, um, when you need some support and help, when you've got that really sort of hard problem that you're trying to work out, um, they give me a call or give me an email. So I'm, I'm always very happy, um, very open to people emailing me um, and asking me for some support. I think it's really, really important. And I really do strongly encourage people to have a mentor, either inside or outside their organization. So like, I, I couldn't agree more. I have, I have two mentors who both mentor me in kind of different aspects um, mm -hmm. and both kind of like uh, towards growth and like, but from different angles. And I find like those conversations, having that ability to like, just even if it's just sense checking ideas or being able to be challenged on things because they're not somebody that sits with them inside the business and just being able to be challenged on that stuff is great. But the other thing I find, so I also have a um, like mentee, like people that I am mentoring as well. And I actually feel like I learn almost as much from like yeah. I, I'm basically yeah. up and down the stream because yeah. I'm I'm being challenged by their challenges so that I'm starting to think through that. So I find that that relationship works really well as well. I've, I've learned a lot from the conversations that I have and I have met some. I, I also sometimes feel very privileged that I have this sort of hour and a half, two hours with these people. You know, a lot of them are sort of early into their career and they have 
they have their career plan mapped out they know what they want to do and what they're trying to do at the moment is navigate how to get there and i'm full of admiration for them because i guarantee when i was in my early 20s i had no idea of, of ultimately where i was going to end up or what i wanted to do did you did you have mentors when you were uh, kind of starting on your career um no i didn't and my my first sort of probably 10 years of my career was a little bit dotted around um, so I first started up in St. Helens, um, yep. down the road from you. Yeah. And probably you think it's a very strange place for animals to start a career. So, um, but there was um, a factory up there owned by Smith Clamp Beach, which I think they sold now. Um, and I first started up there and my first job was um, running their sort of production floor. So it was a real baptism of fire for me. So not only was I sort of, it's a very, obviously it's a very, quite a, you know, working in the factory, the majority of people are, are male, and obviously there's a. Um, I was female, and also I was from Kent, and I was up in Lancashire. So I very quickly had to learn about leadership and management, um, and I spent probably three or four years up there, um, not doing marketing at all, but working very closely with the marketing team that was based in London, and they used to come up a lot and talk about either promotions they were going to do or changing packaging or changing formulation um, and I was almost their main point of contact contact up in the factory and I was really fascinated by what they're doing and had this real yearning to be being being the person that could drive the change and drive the, dif the difference rather than being on the receiving end of it so I then asked to transfer down um, and spend time with the marketing team and, and you know 20 or 25 years later I'm still doing it so I sort of fell into marketing accidentally but was really quite excited about the opportunity. I am yet to interview. So the predominantly the people I've interviewed doing this so far have been marketers and I'm yet to interview anybody who hasn't fallen into that marketing role. So I think, it, also, I think it's yeah, a main trait of marketers. And also I think it's one of those things that as a, a student, either when I was at school or uni, you didn't really know what marketing was. And I, when when you when I could, I was part of an organisation called Inspiring the Future. So I would go into schools um, and talk to be one of many people talking to kids about careers, yeah. and they have no idea what you do in marketing because it's one of those sort of non-traditional careers. Um, but what I did do once I started in marketing, I went and um, got myself. I did a CIM course, so I got myself some qualifications in marketing, um, and then I've always sort of been very very keen to learn. And I actually did another. Um, I was on a program called the Institute of Real Growth last year, which was all about how to be a sort of driver of of real growth through the organisation. So I think it's really important wherever you end up that you're constantly challenging yourself and you're constantly learning. So my, my next question, you, you've started to answer it there, was how did you get into marketing? But yeah. also, if you were starting again now, do you think you'd end up in the same space you are now? If I was starting my career again or starting marketing again? Your career. Oh, if I'm starting my career again, um, I I love I have always loved what I've done. Um, my I must admit, when I was at school and university, I wanted to be a pilot. So my first career choice was I was going to join the RAF, um, and that's what I wanted to do. And I was I was at the time. This shows how old I am. I could only fly transport planes in the RAF, and the bit of flying that I really liked was the mad sort of low-level flying or acrobatics and everything like that so I decided not to do it um but I, I would have said probably I would end up probably yeah probably a very similar career um 
just because I've I've thoroughly enjoyed it every step of the way, and I've been I've been lucky enough to work for some great companies and being given some great opportunities. Um, I think probably one thing I'd have done is probably tried to work abroad earlier than I did. So um, you know, leaving it until I had kids was quite a challenge, and doing it on my own three months away on my own was quite hard. Um, so I probably would have looked at opportunities earlier in my career to go and get that experience of working in a different culture. So you've in your your career path, like you've got a lot of like variants, like different different sectors, like B two B things like that. What what were the current like the trigger points to make you want to switch into different things? So like when you're 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 in a role, what were yeah. some of those trigger points that kind of made you want to go into the next role and kind of experience the next thing? So before you answer that, somebody says that you were amazing to work with and at his, his, you were amazing to work with at Hiscox and you really know your stuff. Oh, that's very nice. I have to find <laughs> out who it was. <laughs> um, probably the two big points for me. So one was um, I'd been in quite commercial marketing roles. Um, so I was at Burton's Biscuits, so looking after sort of wagon wheels and jammy dodges, those classic ones. Um, and I, you know, knew my way around a PL and I was very comfortable in going in and having those nitty, you know, negotiations with the buyers of Asda and Tesco about margin and promotion and cost of goods and everything. Um, and I got called up about going to work at Coca-Cola and I thought I have to go and do this because I know I know my way around PL, very commercial, but I really need to go and become a really purist consumer marketer. So that was a key thing for me. And I had uh, nine years at Coca-Cola and I was lucky enough to work on a real range of their brands there. I mean, that was one of the benefits of that company. You, I worked on Oasis and Fanta and Schweppes and then finally on Coca-Cola. Um, and after nine years there, I had this yearning to go somewhere where I felt I could be more accountable and responsible for driving growth. Yep. So, you know, Coke being a massive global business, um, it was very hard at the end of the year to put your hand on your heart and say, I did that or I drove that because of just the general size of the business. Yep. And sometimes it could be quite hard to get things through the organisation. Um, so I wanted to go one where I, you know, I knew by the end of the year, you know, I did X, Y and Z and it drove that. And also I wanted to go and learn. So this will come up quite a lot, which is I was there going, I don't think I'm learning anymore. And if I'm not learning anymore, what can I really bring to this business? I must admit at that time, I hadn't quite thought about going to insurance. Um, and it did take quite a few calls to get me to go along for the initial interview. But I was really swayed by the absolute ambition of Hiscox. You know, it was a very, had big, big hairy audacious goals that it was going after um the values everybody i met was amazing through the interview process and just how important the the consumer was so every interview i had that consumer importance came through so i left you know i left a really big massive organization but i went to one where i really believed in it and i went to a bigger job um, and i was given the opportunity to really drive change and also learn because we sold direct to customers yep. so i had to very quickly get up to speed with all the acquisition marketing and running e-commerce and everything else so i sat there going i can bring a lot but i can also learn a lot do you, do you feel like and I, i'm guessing the answer here but like do you do you feel like having that big marquee like brand logo on your cv do you think that that 
changed the career path or accelerated it? Do you think that that helped with like the next steps later down the line? What Coca-Cola? So having so you've had Coca-Cola, like you've got Coca-Cola on your CV, yeah. and you're saying in that role within an organization, you would have had impact, but it's very hard to articulate what that impact yeah. is sometimes. So for later roles, do you feel like having Coca-Cola on there was like a blessing or do you feel like the opposite of that is so like with his Cox, you could go into an organization where you could have massive yeah. impact. Do you, how do you feel like that levels out? Do you think like the impact or the brand is going to help in later career? I so I don't think I don't think having Coca-Cola on my CV now will help me with what I want to do because it was also now 11 years ago. And so it feels quite a long time ago, I think, to a lot of people. But the training I got there was amazing. Yep. Um, and I think it gave me the opportunity then to take all that training, take everything I'd learned and apply it at Hiscox. So everything that Coke gave me, I could lift and shift. And actually, I, I think that you shouldn't be pigeonholed into a certain type of marketing. I think the training you get, what you what you learn, what you know, those basic core skills of being a marketeer, you can take anywhere. You shouldn't you shouldn't pigeon yourself and say, I'm a B2B marketer, so I can't go and work in B2C or I've only done soft drinks, so I can't go and do anything else. And I think most most modern organizations now want to bring people in from outside those organizations who've got that different thinking, that diversity of thought, and they can be bring real benefit to those companies. So what excites you most about marketing now? So I know I know you're less focused on kind of the, the, the day-to-day kind of marketing stuff and you're kind of looking at the Ned roles and the mentoring stuff. But yeah. as marketing as a whole, what does it excite you about it at the moment? So I just said two things. I think uh, I think that the whole, you know, if you look at where we are today, um, a lot of organisations, the country's in a bit of a mess, to say the least. And I think that marketers have got a real opportunity to stand up and be brave and to to help their businesses out of this and it doesn't necessarily need to involve you know spending tens or hundreds of millions of pounds on campaigns but i just think that that you know people out there um want brands to be really authentic now um and they want a little bit of sort of personal sort of that personal touch coming through and I think you can be really smart and, and bring that and sell that into your company and help them either reignite the growth in their businesses or give them something to aim for. So I, so I think there's a really a big role for marketers to play. And I think the other element is just around that sort of bringing some positive change. Um, and, you know, if you look at where people are, there's a real big thing about diversity now and diversity beyond, in, you know, look at look at how you hire and bring in that diversity of thinking and thought and and help organisations with how they go beyond sort of gender and race and into to everything else. And I just think also that that whole bit about sustainability as well, I think is, a, is an emerging trend, but I think businesses need to think about what they're going to bring to this world and 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 try and make it a better place which may sound a little bit you know it sounds a bit sometimes like everybody is trying to do purpose but i just think there's an opportunity there in terms of what is that what are what are you going to try and do to change to bring a bit more positivity or positive change to the world that's uh, what i'm talking about because uh, we've had a sort of 18 months of sort of oddness you know so let's just bring some positivity now 
So that segues quite nicely into my next question, which is probably a bit deep for a Friday afternoon, but I asked this last week and then it sent me on a, a, a weekend of kind of soul searching and trying to figure out what my why is. But like, what what is your why? Like what, what drives you? Why do you do what you do? Uh, I think it's changed hugely for me. So yeah. um, I, you know, up to probably 18 months ago, um, I was really driven by having a real positive impact in a business. And, and as I said, sort of being able to go at the end of the year, I could look back and go, right, I've, I've done this. But also, so having a positive impact on the sort of business results, bearing in mind trying to do something that, that ultimately your customer wanted, but also in terms of um, how I led the team um, and delivering through the team. So rather than just being focused on me, how how I sort of showed up and led my team and managed my team that was really really important now it's now it's changed um so you know I, I was saying beforehand I'm struggling a little bit now with um I'm now I now have clients so I now um have to change my working style and and the, my day-to-day -day is dictated by other people yeah. but I have this this real desire now to to give back and that's the big thing for me so Yes, I'm going to work with a few clients, but I really want to help and support people and do this, try and drive this positive change. So, you know, I'm doing a bit of that through mentoring. I'm um, helping, you know, a few few charities. I'm getting involved with stuff where I can really believe that through marketing, I can help drive the positive change. And, and there's two areas that I'm very focused on. So one is one is the sort of environment um and the other is in terms of sort of cancer charities and everything else so i'm trying to get involved with them so it's probably just stage state of life and state of who i am but this whole thing about giving back and positive change now is really important to me it's um it was one of those things that i like I, it really i was really grappling with it over over the weekend because i was trying to like articulate it because one of one of my core drivers is just that i'm i'm really competitive like you could stick me in a room on my own and i will try and beat myself on some level and that's that is one of my drivers but it's a very difficult thing for me to articulate that in a way that is then driving positive change or kind of like a driving activity within the business as well because that's not motivating for anybody other than me yeah and that's so one of the things as a as a founder i was trying to grapple with okay like how can that be my driver and and but for the company as well and now i'm i've, I've realized that actually as long as my my wise support the, the business wise then that's okay and yeah. i've realized that it's it's i'm it's not just that i'm competitive that that is a huge driver but actually it's because i like building things and i think part of the qualification that i like self qualification i have around that is that i'm trying to build uh, like winning means that I've built something successful. So it's that building piece, the winning piece. But then also like you, I like seeing people grow. I would like to get to the end of my career and have a handful of people who've gone, actually that time that I worked with Rich over what period of time or whatever made some sort of like positive difference to me. And they're the things that like excite me, but it took me a long time to, to um, cause I thought I was just being a dick being like, I just want to win. So but, it, but I think it's it's you know you can have big things in life that that cause you to to rethink and I think probably for too long a time I was defined a lot by my role and I was really flattered in terms of people going well you do great marketing or can we talk to you or can we do this you know can you 
speak to one of the you know campaign or marketing week and I that was really nice because it felt like an acknowledgement that I'd done done some really good work but now I'm doing what I'm doing it's, it has completely changed because I'm not going to get that level of gratification from it um, and actually you know I helped two people um, in the last few weeks help um, help them write um, their applications for some internships because again I think internships are really important Yep. Um, I think they help people try and work out what the right career path is. And I, used, you know, I was on the um, panel for a lot of the internships at Hiscox. So I'm sitting there going, well, I, I know how, what, what we look for so I can help other people craft that um, and help them with their applications. And that for me now, I get a real buzz from doing it. It's just a very different sense of one, one way of working. Yeah. Um, so, big top line question to finish it all off with: What do you think is next in marketing? Oh, I don't know. I think <laughs> I, it's a really big question. I mean, one of the things is I think that I think there'll be a lot of focus on the sort of it's not traditional brand marketing. I don't I don't want to say it's going to be some bit of tech because I think you know technology will always be there to help. And to help in the world where you have sort of multi multi channels and multi ways of engaging with people, yep. but I just think you're going to get when 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 optimism comes back and when budgets come back, I think you're going to get a little bit of resurgence in that sort of art of crafting a an amazing ad, um, and it might not be TV, but it and it might not be outdoor radio, but I just think an ad that really really connects with consumers um and is there to sort of help drive awareness and brand affinity but i think you're probably going to get a little bit more of that coming back and a bit more of the craft and probably slightly more agencies will get braver briefs where brands are going to sit there and go you know we've had the last 18 months or two years to really think about what's happened to us and who we really want to be and who you know what are the messages we want to try and communicate and how we're going to engage with our customers again and they're going to get these quite exciting, brave briefs out there. And I think we're going to start to see some amazing work. Well, fingers crossed we will in the next sort of six months or 18 months. All right. Um, thank you for that, Annabelle. It's, um, I really enjoyed that. And if anybody wants to follow up with you, yeah, how can they reach out to you? So uh, via LinkedIn. So if yep. you're on LinkedIn, go and find me. Um, I also have my own website. It's not brilliant, but you can. So it's just AnnabelleVenner.com. So go on there and... Um, there's a contact me page on there, um, and I do. I'm, I'm very responsive, so I will, I will. Unless I get absolutely inundated, but I will reply to everybody who contacts me. Um, and and I do plea for you. If honestly, the mentorship really important. Um, go out there, try and do it. Find somebody within your company or externally who will provide you with a bit of support. But you have to drive it. Don't expect your mentor to drive it for you. And you're on Clubhouse too. I've seen. I am. I got an invite to join today. Very excited. I have yet. To, all I've done is register. I've yet to go and explore it, but um, I will do. It, it takes it takes a, a bit to get your head around it. It's. Uh, I think I'm just getting to that point. Okay. But, um, the the way I've described it to others is it's a bit like talkback radio mixed with uh, like standing up on a stage. It's 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 nice. a weird concept, but it it does work once you get into it. And it becomes a little bit addictive. I'll give so. it some time this weekend. I haven't got much else planned. No world parties. So uh, thank you, everybody. If you want to see Annabelle's Summit Talk, uh, you can see the replay at humanscomefirst.co.uk. Um, any parting wisdom other than the mental piece that you want to share, Annabelle? Uh, no, I think that's probably...
probably it. And just hope and pray that we're all out having fun again in a couple of months' time. Bye, Easter. Okay. It'd be lovely for Easter. Yeah, so I, the the inbound conference is likely to be, which is out in Boston, is likely to be in October. And so I, I put it in our shared diary with my wife yesterday, and uh, she just looked at me and she was like, "You're not going anywhere." And I was like, "But I'll hopefully be vaccinated by then." She's like, "Don't even think about it." I'm like, mm. "No, I'm, I'm going. I'm aiming for a summer holiday somewhere warm next to a beach." Nice, nice. Yeah. Um, thanks for joining us, everyone. Next week we have Alex Glenn from Partner Programs joining us. So hopefully see you all next week as well. Right. Thanks, Annabelle. See you later, okay. everybody. Bye.